Hello, hello. Welcome to Dickens and Quips, the podcast that takes the po-faced out of poetry. Join me, Dee Dickens, as I wander around showing you a world of poems that isn't only populated by old dead white men. This week, I have the lovely Dervla O'Brien with me, and I'm very, very excited for reasons I will go into shortly. But first, the official bio. I love an official bio and I love alliteration. So this ticks a lot of boxes for me. <laughs> Curious, creative and quietly chaotic. Nice. Dervla O'Brien is a Northern Irish poet making sense of the world and her feelings one image at a time. Oh, there we are. Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> After an undergrad in computer science in Cardiff University, Dervla turned her attention this year to the arts, namely painting and poetry. Though she's been writing for many years, lockdown, as well as a group called Roth Writers, have pushed her to be vulnerable and share her thoughts with an audience. Dervla will write a poem about anything and everything, but her favourite poems are either about pigeons or love. In the future, she dreams of a job as a theatre prop maker, public educator or something else which lets her love of science, art and words all at the same time. Pigeons. Gotta love them. <laughs> so welcome. Love pigeons. <laughs> pigeons are wicked. Well, firstly, welcome to the podcast, Dervla. <laughs> and secondly, yeah, pigeons are boss. <laughs> they just have a really bad reputation and I'm on a mission to change it. And tell you, I'm with you. I am absolutely with you on this. I love it. I love pigeon watching, watching their little communities and seeing who the hard pigeon is and who the flirty pigeon is. It's great fun. <laughs> 100%. I thought it was just me, but I'm glad somebody else. <laughs> now, what else are you going to do while you're waiting for a bus? Exactly. Yeah, pigeon watching, especially at the moment, because you can't really watch people because you can't see the faces. So... Got it's all about the pigeons. Pigeons don't have COVID. No, they don't. They don't. And this whole rats with wings rubbish. No, not having it. Rats aren't that bad either. Anyway, this is the thing. Rats are just doing their rat thing. (laughs) Totally. So what the bio doesn't say is why I'm so chuffed to have Dervla on the show, apart from the pigeon talk. Dervla is what me and my my Irish friends would call a don't. Um, I met her at Roth Writers, and not only is she a brilliant poet, you will remember I read one of her poems in the episode with Mathego Craze, but she is generous with her feedback and her laugh. She is what the poetry world needs more of, a woman who writes beautifully and is lovely. I'm gonna cry. So <laughs> well, well, I'm. I'm. This is thing. People go. Oh, you're so lovely. I'm really not. I'm really. You quite, are. I, I, I refute this. I'm honest. <laughs> I refute being lovely. Oh, so, <laughs> it's just gonna be us flattering each other. I don't. It is. It is. It is. It's just us gonna be like, oh, you're the cutest. No, you're the cutest. No, you are. But no, um, Dervla is the first person I ever know to put palimpsest in a poem, and I was there for it. It was the one I read of hers, The Prayer is, Prayer is a Beautiful Thing, was just blew me away when I was editing it for Oath Writers, and I didn't change a single word. So that tells you that. So on to this week's What You're Reading, Dee. 
This week, I am unashamed about reading two poems from Cake, Liberty and Other Inexplicable Phenomena by Joe Thomas. I am going to be reading The Spectrum and The A-Word. Um, they're both fantastic poems from, his from the first volume, Cake. And you may remember they're also Joe Thomas from episode two. He is an absolute sweetheart and an amazing poet. It says here, Joe Thomas explores his irritation with the world through poetry and prose that flows over the soul in a way that makes you feel invited to a very personal conversation. In, in turn, tender and raucous, the journey through his world is an adventure you won't want to miss and won't be able to put down. I will admit I wrote that because I'm his publisher. <laughs> but I wouldn't be publishing him if I didn't believe in him. If I didn't, I wouldn't have signed him if I didn't think he could write the crap out of a poem. So first off, I am going to read the A word. I, like countless others, am not an angel. I'm not an alien or a special snowflake. First, I was a child. Today, I am an adult who won't be a baby forever. I know what the A word means. I know its narrative, even worse, its rules. No looking normal, don't be nice. No being clever, don't be funny. No sense of humour, don't make friends. No caring about them, don't feel love. Saying, get better at all the above. But you can talk. Some can recite verses word for word, sing along to favourite songs, some forget the first line. Listen to my message. Even when my lips are sewn shut, I still hear them speak. It's always about the cot, the rattle, the pram, the nappy and the dummy I'm dressed up in. I still hear them speak, the best of them they say, watch and learn whether they know it or not. So that's the A word. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's such such a quiet bloke. You wouldn't think to look at him possibly that he'd got all this in him. And I think that's the point of the collection. So this is the spectrum, also by Joe Thomas. To me, it's a burden, yet I hate people with it is not my message. I just hate having it. It is invisible. Damaging effects clear as day, traits, mannerisms, holding me back, fucked up exams, my only identity. Catching is off the cards when hands and eyes won't talk. There really is nothing worse than reviews. Chats with Mr. Sock and a fucking baby voice. But we get this one thing. Line them up, count them, staring, studying everyone, this row of lovely things. Fine, I'll admit it. I am broken, if that's what you would like to hear. Answer one question for me. Do I look fucking invisible to you? <laughs> that's The Spectrum by Joe Thomas. Um, really good. Isn't he? Yeah, it's so raw. And so, like, honest and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. One of the things I love about Joe's work is that 
he'll be just, it feels like he's just having a chat with you. And all of these beautiful things come out and there's always a challenge in there. Like, let me ask you, do I look fucking invisible to you? This, it's just, I just love his stuff. I just think he's stunning. And the whole collection's like that. I'll have to to read it. Yes. Well, obviously I'll I'll put the details away and get it in, in the show notes. But what I do with all my guests is I send them a copy, as you know. So if you um, drop me your address afterwards, I will get you a copy sent. So you'll have your own copy of it. So my poem of the week um, is Dragon Hair. I'm also autistic, which I may or may not mentioned. And um, this is turning out to be an naughty first half, which I'm not even sad about. And I'm going to read my poem, Dragon Hair, about sensory issues as a child, which is part of my new new collection called Resting Confused Face, which will be coming out at some point with Whiskey and Beards Publishing. Okay, so this is Dragon Hair. I wish I had known why I screamed and wriggled and wailed and cried every time she combed my hair. Now I know I wasn't making a fuss. It was agony, so fraught, it's odd. I sought some sensations, summer breezes, grass on my fingertips, a stick bouncing along railings, flexing my tympanic membrane. Just couldn't bear a brush through my hair, breathing on my neck, breasts on my back, I would snap. But I wasn't a brat. Whatever I believe, I will not believe that it's a nice short one from me this week really like that one as well thank you it's really wonderful i'm just really exploring through my late through my new autism diagnosis because i didn't get diagnosed until i was 49 um i'm exploring my life and all my past traumas through that lens and that's been really helpful it's made me a much happier person to go oh I wasn't broken oh that's a thing like my clumsiness finding out that dyspraxia is comorbid with autism has been something that liberates me it's so sad how many people get taught they're broken for so many reasons when nobody is like it's not it's not it's never that's never true no people never are and I think Joe won't mind me saying when we first started at university um everybody had gone off into their little groups their little cliques and there was me joe dale and shannon and jess and we referred to ourselves as the broken ones because we all had issues it was it was all like but then when we got our degrees we're all like fuck it we were never broken no we never were just because you've been through stuff other people haven't doesn't mean that you have a perfectly normal response to it usually this is a thing isn't it it's um it was watching jessica jones of all things that made me think about this a, a few years back where they said oh jessica jones has got ptsd people are jumping on the ptsd bandwagon i was like hang on a minute considering what she's gone through ptsd is the only reasonable response yeah, it's just your brain responding to the stuff going on in your life. It always makes sense. It it does. It always makes. That's the line that is. Oh, there's a poem in there somewhere. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so on to the bit that I love the best, um, and it's the guest interview. So just a few few questions for our Dervla today. And the first one is just a little one. Why is poetry important to you? Um, when I heard this question, I kept, I basically wrote like several poems based on this and tried to try and work it out. But I think the, one of the answers I came up with was the idea that you can make tiny things as big as they feel. So if I say that like, oh, he looked at me, nobody ever really understands as much as if you put a poem, you can, you can make that into a 40 page poem of how he looked or what you were thinking or the moment before someone speaks or the moment after he speaks. And, and you can just kind of blow things up to as big as they feel in your head. Really good way of, of, of thinking about that. I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. 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 I suppose like you're right. You can say, oh, he looked at me. And it says, all it says is that somebody looked in your direction. Yeah. And, and just it's, it kind of, it's like transferring just the feelings, not just like the, the actions or what actually happened. It's like, no, but here's everything that was going on in my head. <laughs> Yeah. Poetry is everything that's going on in our heads. I like that. <laughs> but I, I do. I love, I love that idea because I can say that if I have a nightmare that Phil gives me a cuddle, but what that doesn't say is how he's my lighthouse bringing me back Aww. to now, how he's my mooring that I tie myself to so I don't float away. That's beautiful. Thank you. He's like, oh, I am. We are that cu that couple who are like soppy in love and completely unashamed about it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it's it's nice to be loved. <laughs> so you kind of started to answer this. What kind of stuff are you writing at the moment? Well, in lockdown, I've definitely written a lot more than it's been something I've done for many years, but it's really like a bit more front and center right now. Just and so I've been trying to see if I could maybe get the I don't know, I don't want to I don't want to say the word collection, but like I'm just going <laughs> to working towards just making more in general. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I heard the word collection and my little ears perked up then. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite, not quite. We're, not we're, quite. We're, we're quite a bit off. We're quite a bit off. But. Uh, uh, yeah, I also have a schedule, so we'll talk. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, two out of, no, sorry, three out of the first, no, four out of the first five that we, we're publishing have been members at some point or another of Roth Writers. So, so yeah, maybe. Well, that, that could be really exciting. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Let's talk. Let's talk at some point when you when you when you're ready when you're ready know that there is an a receptive ear that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> so what have you been reading lately I've just started reading everybody I'm a big fantasy nerd and for a long time I've read mainly male fantasy authors and now I'm realizing that there's a whole world of women who write fantasy so I'm reading Ursula Le Guin and like <sighs> Tales of Earthsea because I still have never read it and it's so good I'm only like a couple of chapters in and it's so good so good also I apologize yet again to Robin Hobb 
as we're talking about women fantasy writers, who a couple of weeks ago I said had passed away. It turns out, no, she hasn't. She was willing. I did apologise on Twitter and she did say, no worries. She was glad to confirm she still had a pulse, which was hilarious. So apologies again. Um, Robin Hobb, writer of the Fitzchivalry books and the... Um, Dragonwood books, what have you, and the full books, is not dead. She is someone you should read, though, if you haven't, because she's amazing. I've made a note. <laughs> also, Sarah Douglas, she's very, very good. I'll go, seriously, I'm just going to send you a message afterwards with loads of female fantasy writers, because there are loads. I'm learning this. I yeah, the, yeah, there's so many good books in the world. <laughs> there are, and I think... I don't know what it is, whether it's the time of the generation, whether it's the year, whether it's just something that was always going to happen with the rise of feminism or have you, but there are a lot of women now who are choosing to read women writers. They're saying, yes, I've read all the men. All these men have been in our faces for so long. Let's see what the women have written. A lot of the readers, um, like the stats on readers in bookshops, a lot of the people buying books are women. So it makes it all the stranger that most of the stories are dominated by men. Like it should be more of a 50-50 split at least. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Um, yeah, that does, that would seem to make sense. But yeah, I, I'm doing the same. Same with films. I'd rather try and watch something that's directed by women, is centered around women. Ask uh, the Bechdel test. The Bechdel test is a very low bar. <laughs> And yet. <laughs> and yet so many fail it. You know that the beginning of Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, as in, oh my God, Becky, look at her butt, passes the Bechdel test. Then why can't Marvel movies? <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. If Sir Mix-a-Lot videos can pass the Bechdel test why can't Marvel and yeah it's a fair point I said what I said you said and and I stand by not only your right to say it but exactly what you said too <laughs> it's not difficult it shouldn't be it's it's baffling that it is absolutely i'm over it i'm over fridging i am over seeing um women being killed just as especially gay women gay women get together in something they're happy so one of them has to die um it's a it's a thing like seriously it's, it's just ah oh, i'm i'm over women dying to further male character arcs I was like, Deadpool, you nearly got it so right. I'm over women having to be beautiful to be worth being in a film. Um, I, like, there's so many things that are wrong with the way we tell stories around women, like, yeah. and, and yeah. that the intelligence is, only comes as a sight. Like, there's, there's so many issues. There's so many issues. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm over women who are seen as less conventionally beautiful only being part of the story because they are less than conventionally beautiful. Or, yeah, or the, the turnaround when they take off their glasses. Like, it's just... 
seriously this is why i wear mine all the time you lot couldn't handle it if i took my glasses off (laughs) i mean i wouldn't be able to see but (laughs) oh it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous so so yeah more women writers better representation of women marvel sort your shit out there we are (laughs) so what poem are you going to read us from somebody else? So I, I'm, I'm stuck between two. So I'll just ask read you. Read them both. One. You really? You can do them both then, yeah. Okay. Then what is the point of, what's the point of me having a podcast if I don't get to say, yeah, do them both? Fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with the less. No, they're both not that happy. Never mind. (laughs) Um, This one is called The Terre Hot Planetarium Rejected My Proposal by Paige Lewis. And they're a non-binary poet from America. And this collection, Space Struck, is just like really, just really smart. Just really, really smart. (laughs) Um, So The Terre Hot Planetarium Rejected My Proposal for more tactile audience participation. And sure, their decision makes sense. If you consider the fact that no one likes being pelted by meteorites, if you consider the fact that I'm a miserable excuse for a planet, wildly rectangular orbit, I move through life like I'm trying to avoid a stranger's vacation photo. Still, what do astronomers know about public appeal? When naming the color of our universe, they had the chance to vote for either primordial clam chowder or cosmic latte, and they chose the latter. Lately, I've been feeling betrayed by names. The king cobra isn't a cobra, the electric eel isn't an eel, and it turns out my anger was fear all along. I fear that I won't be respected until I can shark whistle. I fear that I'll come out the other side of rapture with nothing but a taste for rapture. No better than the plowboy prophet who feared his words becoming more dangerous than his hands. Now, with my planetary hopes dashed, I'm revising the lecture on futile repetition. Imagine a line of identical circus clowns, frantically passing a pail of water from a fire hydrant to their burning tent. Now imagine a hole in the bottom of that pail. Why would you imagine such a thing? That tent was their home. See, I'm afraid I'm not used to this much control. I'm a miserable excuse for a weapon, all stopped up with dread, useless. I'm like a snake who, having swallowed its fill of goose eggs, can no longer escape through the gaps in the cage. If you say, trust me, if I say, trust me, you probably shouldn't. Even I don't trust myself enough to end on my own words. But trust me, there are others who are powerfully worse, who, who mold command into ammo, answers into amnesia. I come from the same place as everyone else, the place where people take and the taking becomes its own person, where everyone hurts and gets hurt and the hurt can be heard asking the same question, why isn't anyone stopping this? And the powerfully worse take a vote, they elect their answer carefully. Stopping what? Wow, that was incredible. Oh, wow, and that ending, so abrupt. I love that ending that I love I love the line stopping what because that's that that just is there's something about that (laughs) yeah there is and there was something about hunting and hurting and there was all those h sounds and 
I love that. Yeah, it's such a beautiful poem. It is. I will put a link to to their work in the show notes as ever, so people can get hold of that if they want to have a read, um, which I would suggest they do. So your second poem from someone else. Okay, um, this one is by an American poet um, from New York called Sarah Kay, who, yeah, I love her so much. She's probably the reason that I, like, she's the first person I remember, like, like watching and being like oh maybe poetry is something that I could do like it's not um just for like angry men it can also be for really like she she, the way she tells poems she just has such like a sparkle I love it she really does I shall look forward to this and take it away postcards I'd already fallen in love with far too many postage stamps when you appeared on my doorstep wearing nothing but a postcard promise no Appear is the wrong word. Is there a word for sucker punching someone in the heart? Is there a word for when you're sitting at the bottom of a roller coaster and you realize the climb is coming and you know what the climb means, that you can already feel the flip in your stomach from the fall before you've even moved? Is there a word for that? There should be. You can only fit so many words in a postcard, only so many in a phone call, only so many into space before you forget that words are sometimes used for things other than filling emptiness. It is hard to build a body out of words. I have tried, we have both tried. Instead of laying your head on my chest, I tell you about the boy who lives downstairs, who stays up all night playing his drum kit. The neighbors have complained, they have busy days tomorrow, but he keeps on thumping through the night, convinced, I think, that practice makes perfect. Instead of holding my hand, you tell me about the sandwich you made for lunch, the way the pickles fit so perfectly against the lettuce. Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Repeat the same mistakes over and over and you don't get any closer to Carnegie Hall, even I know that. Repeat the same mistakes over and over and you don't get any closer. You never get any closer. Is there a word for the moment when you win tug of war? When the weight gives and all that extra rope comes hurtling towards you, how even though you've won, you still end up with muddy knees and burns on your hands. Is there a word for that? I wish there was. I would have said it when we were finally alone together on your couch. Neither one of us with anything left to say. Still now, I send letters into space, hoping that some mailman somewhere will track you down and recognize you from the description in my poems. He will place the stack of them in your hands and tell you there is a girl who still writes you. She doesn't know how not to. Wow. That's gorgeous. It's so good. Isn't it? Fitting for this time. I, I was showing that to a friend and they said that that's how they feel quite a lot because COVID and postcards (laughs) yeah absolutely and also right at the beginning of this poem and towards the end is there a word for that really speaks to what you were saying earlier about poetry allowing things to be as big as they are Mm. it's like it's like it's a postcard it arrives no it didn't is there a word for being sucker punched um that is almost like an an ask poetica where we're talking about the mechanism of writing the poem of thinking about writing and yeah I loved that that's lovely 
So yeah, very, yeah, it's kind of blown me away. That's one of hers I hadn't heard before. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. And now the bit I'm really looking forward to, what are you going to read us of yours? Um, uh, it's called To You Unsure Before Celebration. Awesome. Um, not every dance licks as loud as flame roar confidence, succeeding on bright feet, tall reach, a pride in each feet. One glassy-eyed tutu weaves herself to the weft of the line, where some steps are fragile, tentative ash, to be explored in the fading light. Fairy trails which appreciate a clearer path, but disappear like crew in the spotlight. Some unfurling of identity is a small orchid, blooming white only in the night's welcoming dark gloom. In the damp forest, with leaf cover like blankets and violin quiet, keeping the most fearful, precious things hidden like baby badgers and newborn owls and any fierce thing before it's learnt to be fierce. When its downy feathers are still an easy feast to roaming fox, the precious is silent, but for midnight rustles of growing, feet stumbling, the growls will come. As ever, absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your words with us, Dervler. Thank you. I'm so glad you agreed to come on. I'm really pleased. <laughs> Excellent. I shall wish it. I, there are people who I want to have on again and again and again, and you're definitely one of Thank them. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So this week, in um, lines that make you go, ooh, I'm being cheeky again, and I'm going to read a whole poem, but it is only a short one. Um, again, this is from Cape Liberty, Another Inexplicable Phenomena by Joe Thomas, and it's paper. I thought it was really, really um, appropriate being as we met at a writing group, and so many people are so into this whole idea of a poetry community, especially in lockdown. So, so this is paper. Easy to overlook bonds like ours. Simple, built on back and forth. You're cool. I made a thing. Out of ink marks, pools of paint, notes on a sheet. It's enough for us. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Isn't it? And it pretty much sums up how... I feel about everybody I was at uni with, everybody I went to uni slam with, everybody at Roth Writers. You're all like, I think we've all become a, in some sort of literary way an extension of each other and it's it's lovely. There's something lovely it's, about it's the really friendships nice. and communities when you build something together or just make words together. It's, it's really lovely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We sit and we create together. It's, it's wonderful. And we laugh a lot so, <laughs> laughing is good there's not enough of it and so many people are having such a tough time during lockdown totally get it I had a really bad one last Sunday when it was announced that England were going back into lockdown as you as you may or may not work no I am on my mountain in South Wales for those of you who are not listening in Wales um and we've been in 
in the circuit breaker lockdown for three weeks, which ends Monday. Um, but watching people who I'd seen in pubs, not socially distancing, um, hugging everybody in the street, going, oh no, a whole month where I can't go out. And I haven't really been out of the house apart from to go to hospital since the 20th of March was a little bit galling and it, it got me quite down. But then on the Tuesday, I had arthritis and it perked me right back up again <laughs> about all these. I mean, I was quite unwell with um, this, that and the other I've got going on, but it perked me right up to be laughing and making making art. With it definitely people. got me through a lot of lockdown as well. I think a lot of people in Rose Riders have really taken it as a thing to, you know, just it's one of the only things we can do over Zoom and it doesn't feel much worse over Zoom. Whereas a lot of like other social things don't, they just, they're not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. Like we play, I play Among Us with my college, with my uni friends and that's kind of cool, but that's not on Zoom. So that's all right. <laughs> so in Kleisnaweth news this week, we have Joe Thomas has a book out. You will remember him from episode two. Cape Liberty and other inexplicable phenomena has been mentioned a little bit in this episode. And it's a brilliant look, not only at autism, but asexuality. And you should definitely buy it and read it. Um, Hannah Edge will be coming on the show soon. And her collection we will be called Those Days, These Days. And we now have a release date for it, which is January the 1st. The request for proofs has gone off today. It's all really exciting. And yeah, I'm chuffed to bits. That's, again, it's, it's um, a roller coaster of a collection. It's incredible. Um, we have Redbubble merch now. So if you want a pair of Fleiss now with socks... Um, <laughs> Or a ridiculously difficult white and high snower um, jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> or a mini skirt. We actually do leggings and a mini skirt. Then you'll know where to go. I'll stick the link in the show notes. Um, we're not expecting massive sales off this, but anything we do get is going straight into our pay your artists pot. So it means that we'll be able to pay people to do to do covers and artwork and stuff and and proofreading and it won't just be me going Phil help every <laughs> so I am I am learning a lot so time for you to do your shameless plug what is it you do well I want to hear about where your socials are um, what you're up to and do you make an amazing cottage pie um, I don't. I, I wish I could cook a lot more than I do. I'm okay. I'm all right. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Dervil O'Brien on both Twitter and Instagram. And hopefully by the time this podcast is up, I will have launched my Dervil O'Brien dot uh, wordpress.com we'll see we'll see exciting <laughs> yes <laughs> um, just thought that I needed a place to put some poems and stuff and I felt like an old school blog was the way to go so um and the one random th request that I have as a plug is I am currently curating 
um, a fest, uh, like a tech festival, but it's like tech and social community festival, which um, uh, for Mozilla, um, they make Firefox. Firefox. Yeah. yeah. So they do like um, a festival every year. And I've been trying to get um, proposals for submissions, for workshops, for uh, talks, for skill shares, for anything like that. Um, and that's like I'm I'm in the youth zone for it, but uh, for any of the spaces, you can go to um, just Google Mozfest and you can see the call for proposals and get a little bit more information or or tweet me about it. Indeed. Oh, and also if you like, I'll stick a link in the show notes so people can get directly to that. So yeah, no problem with having a plug on that. Um, thank you very much, listener Roger Waldron. Sent in a poem! Hooray! I'm so happy. <laughs> I got an email to the Dickens and Quips email that wasn't from, from Castbox. And I was like, what? But yeah. So Roger Waldron, who sent in this poem after hearing about veggie lasagna, sent a poem called Invite. And here it is. Invite. Inviting me round to talk over your world-beating veggie lasagna. You apologise for the kitchen. Careful, don't stick to the floor. You talk about being married, that B&B in Scarborough where they asked if we wanted dessert, which turned out to be pears and sticky rice pudding. You asked if we'd ever be a pear again. You asked if I would like pudding, afters, etc. I declined all three careful not to stick to your floor wondering what makes you think like that well done Roger well done I love that too there's a lot in that isn't there an awful lot in that so well done really chuffed and that is about it so thank you for listening I have been Dee Dickens and as ever you have been marvellous. You can get in touch with the show on dickensandquips at gmail.com or on Twitter and Insta as Dickens and Quips. I am not Pontius Pilate. I am the potty poet on Twitter myself or D Dickens, poet and author, author on Facebook. And please do let me know what's going on in your area. If you want on the, to come on the show, hit me up. Don't forget to subscribe so I can get in your log holes. Next week, I have Satara Ebrahami. And we will be reading from Imagined Sons by Carietta. It's going to be emotional. Um, and I leave you with the prompt of the week. This week it is, um, to honour Roger Waldron, it is Sticky Floors. Pop it in an email and I will read it out on next week's show. This just leaves me to say thank you so much to Devler O'Brien once again. It's been an absolute joy and um, I hope you will come back on at some point. Oh, I'd love to. And thanks so much for having me. It's been really lovely. That's you're more than welcome. So take care and make good choices or at least try. And if you cannot make good choices, then that's what writing poetry is for. Ta-ta. See you again.